broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show on a Balls McWednesday. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. That's also Director Matthew. You're you. You're listening. We appreciate that. And or you're watching on War Chant TV. If that's the case, make sure that you like and subscribe. Share. Let's have a good time together, shall we? Get the hour started uh, with something Tom and I were talking about during the break. First of all, updates for Florida State. You guys are obviously... Wanting to know, um, you know, if there's anything coming down the pike for FSU football um, and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, no, not a lot that we can anticipate just now. Obviously, this is an important week, very important week, because a lot of names are going to enter the transfer portal, as is Sunday, the deadline for those that expect to play in the fall. Got to get that name in that portal. For that to happen, which opens the landscape, which means, hey, this is intriguing. There's a name. Would you go after that? And we'll speculate. That's what you do on Sports Talk Radio to some degree, whether that would be a good fit or not, and those kinds of things. But in the interim, no, that's not like it, – it, it's. I'm not going to tell you that there's six or seven um, people coming down the line that uh, are, are expected to, to sign with Florida State or that are interested in Florida State because we don't know that right now. And um, I haven't heard anything about that. So. All that is right now is just the building of the grocery list. That's what happens on Sunday night because you know this is it. These are the priorities. Should we take a chance on this guy? There are yeah. no others coming, and that's what you do. Then June and July, probably hopefully by June 15th, you have a bunch of answers, but certainly none by this weekend other than on the export market, not the import market. All right, Van Life. I'll take the bait. You want me to talk about that? I will. This is how long it takes to talk about that. Uh, he writes, why not talk about the new hire of Brian Pinsky as the coach of FSU Soccer. That's not what he wrote. He wrote, why not? Talk about Brian Penske. Right, he did. In all caps. Yeah, there it is. Um, How pressing it is. I brought it up already. I've already talked about it this week. So I wasn't going to do it again because it's a soccer coach. But here you go. Here's my thought on the hiring of Brian Penske. I have one. In the wake of the tenure and career, storied career of Mark Krikorian, anybody that Florida State hires is going to seem like second fiddle or less than the guy that was just here. Now, Florida State could do nothing about that situation after the fact. Mark Krikorian, Mike Alford, couldn't see eye to eye. Didn't agree on the sky being blue. It's going to be a problem. Turned out enough of a problem that Mark Corian said, I'm out. I'm out. This despite Florida State offering him 
more money than any soccer coach, collegiate soccer coach, in America. Significantly more. So it was not money, and it was not Florida State being cheap. This was a deep-seated problem that existed prior to Coach uh, Mike Alford being named athletic director. And it does not appear, certainly not in retrospect, as I note, that it could have been resolved because this has been and this was an issue for some time. So he walks. So Florida State's stuck. They're stuck because what are you going to do? How are you going to replace a guy that has been here for the better part of 20 years and won three national titles? Well, all you can do is try, seek desperately to find somebody, anybody, that has a very solid resume and is well thought of in the field and is somebody that at one time, many moons ago, Mark Krikorian suggested they hire and bring in as uh, an assistant or somebody that could help with this program. And that's who Brian Penske is. And Brian Penske went to Tennessee and did great things. Not Mark Krikorian things, but did great things. So you take the guy that um, at one time was a national coach of the year, 2010, and whose resume, while considerably lesser than Mark Krikorian's, is still solid. And you say, okay, let's offer him the job and see if he takes it. I thought his quotes upon taking the job, uh, do, I think, reveal a man who is over the moon to be here in Tallahassee. And I think most fans always appreciate that. And they didn't sound like idle praise. It sounded like he has longed for an opportunity, such as this, to be the head man at a place like Florida State that has had the most amount of success over the last 10 years, certainly, of any soccer program in the country. So... When I read him say these words, Florida State's soccer program is regarded as one of, if not the best, in the country, and rightfully so. This opportunity to be a part of this program with a remarkable tradition is an honor. What Mark Krikorian did here over the last 17 years is unparalleled in our game. Simply put, he's been the best in the business. It's more than just the soccer program that attracted me to Florida State. The status of the university as a top-tier public institution academically is just as impressive as the athletic history. I have coached in the ACC, and I know the strength of this league is second to none in the country. I take over a program with endless humility and understanding of the task at hand. Well done. All right, I've talked about it. We're moving on. It's a little much. I agree, but there it is. Um, you know, and by the way, let me just point this out so that there is a better understanding of how this all works. There are many programs in a number of years, the last number of years, that have had infinitely more success than Florida State's football program. But I am not going to talk a lot about the volleyball team, the tennis team, the track team. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time, even though I'm dear friends and co-workers, co-hosts, with the head coach of golf. Don't talk a lot about Florida State golf either. There are things that move the needle and things that don't, regardless of their success. And I can tell you, soccer, these days baseball, track, tennis, golf, they're not the things. They don't. My audience would go click. Now, I would have a riveted van life storytelling locked in, but everybody else... 
it'd be problematic. Hey, there's a lot of grocery stores out there. It'd be problematic. So, um, you know, hey, listen, I, I, at the end of the day, I thought it was a good hire, and I mentioned as much earlier this week. Uh, so, so we, you know, we move forward. There's not, there's not a lot there. I, I would, I would tell you that this uh, kind of to piggyback a little bit behind the scenes. We've been talking a lot about where Florida State sits and this, I think, pervasive angst in this fan base, and it's come to a head on the heels of this past season, in the midst of spring football, the general frustrations of a long, hot summer to be that people begin to feel right around now. This is when you begin to realize, as fans and parents, we're about to enter the Sahara. It's dry, baby. It's hot, and there's not a lot. But when it's on the heels of disappointing season after disappointing season, and you mix that with extreme desperation at a time where the landscape is shifting as dramatically as it is now, it leads to infighting. It leads to fan against fan sniping. It leads to give me something, anything, a kernel, a, a, just some sort of hope that I can latch on to to get me through these months and days that we've always loathed, even in the midst of uh, greatness, even when the program was uh, fresh off a national championship. Yeah, because it's not desperation. It's anxiety. It's, uh, it's like you're waiting for Christmas. And it's December 10th. You're like, come on. I want to see if I got that bike. Let's go. Move it, move it, move it. Can't wait for the next present. Yeah. I mean, um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's like, and, and the, weird, the oddity is that uh, we love these other programs. We love all of these things. I mean, you and I have talked at length about the transformation of Florida State softball. Like, that was an unwatchable sport for basically the entirety of the sport. For the history of the sport, it was unwatchable. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. And that is a very recent phenomenon. And I don't even mean because we're great and because Lonnie's done such a great job and that these girls are incredible athletes and, and a joy to watch play the game with that level of expertise and skill. I don't even mean that. I mean, the game itself has improved because of that elevated athleticism, and gone are the days of the running bunts, the incessant running bunts, and how it is that you sat and watched games where all you really noticed were how tiny the dimensions of the field were. Now you see the athleticism on display, the games played quicker and better, at a time that baseball has seen a demise in activity, like literal activity in a game. So the two have married in such a way that it has seen the elevation of one, degradation of another, and I do find it interesting, but I'm not going to lead my show with it, nor am I going to spend a lot of time on it because it doesn't carry the day the way, say, football does, even when we're terrible. Correct, but it might a little bit more, and it has a little bit more in past years when you get to regional, super regional, and Oklahoma City in the case of college softball, not Omaha right. in the case of college baseball. Yeah. And that's something that preceded Florida State's dominance was the trend of the numbers were better on the television networks for softball and college baseball for two reasons. Number one, you've got a better product than college baseball on every night at the same time. The seasons run concurrently. So if you want to watch the best baseball, you're not watching college baseball. And number two, in, in the same way, it's kind of the same point, but this is the best you've got of softball. This is the best there is. There, there is no Major League softball that's on a, you know ESPN2 running concurrently with and it the would suck College if it World were. Series. Yeah, you wouldn't watch it. 
Probably not, you, but you I have to say that you wouldn't watch it because you. What what helps this is that not only is the product better and more athletic, et cetera, but it is it's because it's it's Florida State. I mean, let's be honest. You're not watching Rando Auburn versus Tulane. No, no, you're not. So no, but I might watch a a College World Series game on in Florida State's half of the bracket. But that doesn't because there Florida are direct State. impacts of down the line. Yes, but I mean, but that's important because there are sports where, for example, the women's basketball tournament. I'm not going to watch somebody else play on our half of the bracket, but I'll watch Florida State play. Right. It, so there's yeah, or, the or indoor World volleyball series, or yeah, something. The, I'm not going to watch indoor volleyball if Florida State makes the tournament or they're you know the ACC semis. I'm not watching the other semifinal match. I'll watch Florida State. Yeah, but in softball, I might. I might. Yeah, because it's the World Series. I right. mean, once you get out there, we're close. It's it, it, it can happen, and we've seen it happen. So yeah, you 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 would then. But you're not. I mean, the sport hasn't come so far. Listen, it's not. My point being that most of the people listening to this program, driving around or on the board or anywhere else, right. would watch any football game, any college game, Correct. anyone. Correct. So the aforementioned Tulane Auburn, eh, screw it. It's noon. I'm watching. Yeah, right. I got it on. You're going to watch it. It's Thursday at right, seven. Right. It's the best we got. You're going to watch it. Yeah. That's not true of softball, period. Right. But also, multiple things being true. Softball, you're talking about the Sahara. We're about to enter that Sahara where everybody starts eating each other because there's no food anywhere. It's a legit oasis. It's not some sort of mirage. Softball for this program, once you get into the postseason, is legit. People will watch it. They won't do it just because there's nothing on. They care to. It's fun to. A lot of that has to do with it's an hour, 45-minute, or two-hour game, but there is a season now that's carved out. That's a phenomenon that's yeah, happened that yeah. Lonnie's in built lifetime, yeah. in the last four or five years. Yeah, that's legit. And, and, the, and the transformation just of uh, that sport has made it to where you, you find yourself absolutely uh, you know, kind of lured to the television a little bit. Like, okay, this is there's a chance I'm going to see a great play. There's a chance I'm going to see somebody do something that I wished I could do. That was not the case years ago. I mean, we, right. we would watch softball, say, late 90s, and you're like, the barehanded throw that Cheryl made last yeah, weekend yeah. was absurd. She had little to no time. What was it, a dribbler? Like That's something I'm like, I, you know what? I'm not sure that I could pull it off. If you give me 10 tries, I don't know that I can make a better throw than that. But the desperation that I have, which I just I yearn for, because there was the first year that I fell in love with softball. This happened. It was conference championship time in the ACC. So we're wherever, Durham, as is usual. And then it's in Tallahassee, it's the LSU series, where the, there's the weather delay and they're playing into the night. And it's FSU Clemson on one television and FSU LSU on the other. I want that to be where you're going over to campus for multiple reasons over a three-week period of time where you've got a regional. So I want baseball to win enough to host a damn regional. used to be our right, like a birthright. birthright yeah. Even to get to a super if you make it out. We're just always going to do that. And softball is at that place. I want to be able to be over there starting to get sick of how hot it is out at campus again because I'm watching so many championship-level products being played at the same time. Well, that helps you get the football season into camp. Yeah, the problem, I would argue this, though. I will tell you, we both want the same thing, and anybody who's a Florida State fan wants that as well because it means that our program, our programs are having success. But Florida State baseball, which leads the ACC in strikeouts both as a pitching staff and as an offensive unit, means that you're watching a whole lot of nothing. And even in victory, that is true. So that sport has taken a colossal kick to the cojones compared to where it was when I, say, broke into this business uh, over 20 years ago. 
That was you would not miss a game. Uh, the diehard Florida State people, we would sell that place out. It was must see. It was exciting, and couldn't get a student ticket in mind. Right, house. it was really yeah. difficult. That's just not going to be the case. It's just not. I mean, it's just there's, there's too much swing and miss in the modern game. Uh, it's improving in Major League Baseball. I hope the trickle down effect happens here and in college baseball in general. I, I think it would help if you had umps that didn't call a pitch six inches off the plate a strike. Um, yeah, because you'd take fewer pitches. Yeah, yeah, that- yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd expedite the process here a little bit, and we'd have some action. But yeah, that, it's that sport has been hurt while softball has risen up as a entertainment value. Um, and that's because of the athleticism of the ladies playing. I can tell you what I've seen now. Of course, it's first place baseball, so it's easier to tune back in every night. And it's you know it could be temporary. The Mets were in first place for like 112 days last year, but there's only been two so far, and I've watched maybe 12 parts of. 12 games, there's only been two so far that I've seen in Major League Baseball this year that have been like they were when it was bad. Last night was one of those instances, but it's rare to watch a game like you're talking about. Like FSU plays all the time, which is strikeouts to the left, strikeouts to the right. You get a strikeout, you get a strikeout. Right, right, right. everybody gets a strikeout. And then, yeah, then there's, here's a walk. All right, you know what? There's action now. There's somebody on base. There's a walk. Is he going to try and steal? There hasn't been a whole lot of that in the Major League Baseball I've been watching. So what you saw at the end of the year, I think, is carrying over for Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, well, I think so. Although there is a real argument right now and some frustration uh, that's developing in baseball, and it's worth watching because it's going to lead to a lot of fights. And contrary to popular opinion, I love it when they fight in baseball. I want to see more fights, not less fights. Let's fight. Let's go. Chris Bassett ripped Major League Baseball to my point yesterday. He's the right-hander for your beloved New York Mets. He expressed frustration and concern for his teammates after they continued to get plunked on the regular. That was a 3-0 win over the Cardinals, whom I know you're happy to beat. Uh, the Mets lead. you're happy we beat them. Yeah, sure. Anybody. Anybody. Anybody in baseball. Beat the Cardinals makes me feel good. Raising the team's Major League leading total to 18. You've had 18 batters get hit already this year. Uh, here's what's different and interesting. Bassett doesn't blame the opposing pitchers in this case like they would have against the Nats, and just understandably so. He says the baseballs are all different. You know, baseball's weird to me in a lot of ways. I defend the sport when it needs defending. I'll also rip it when it needs to be ripped. And then there's the stuff that's in between. People feel like they have to have an opinion because, like, otherwise it's boring. Truth is, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. Not everything is worthy of an opinion. Not everything really requires you to kind of dig down deep. could just be, as they saying goes, what it is. But I do wonder why baseball has a problem getting the baseballs right. (laughs) Like, what is so hard about having a common thread, which is that the baseball being used in the game between the Cardinals and the Mets is the exact same, texture and otherwise, as the baseball that is being used between the Brewers and the Pirates. But when you get an overwhelming number of pitchers who say that simply isn't the case night to night, I tend to believe them since they're the one fondling the baseballs the most, okay? Quote, it's annoying to see your teammates constantly get hit. And if you get hit by certain pitchers, well, but to get hit in the head, the amount that we're getting hit is unbelievable. I had some close calls tonight, and I've been hit in the face by a line drive, and I don't want to do that to anybody ever. But Major League Baseball has a very big problem with these baseballs. They're bad. Everyone in the league knows it. Every pitcher certainly knows it. They're just bad. Major League Baseball doesn't give a damn about it. 
They don't care. We've told them our problems, and they don't care. Well, okay, so that's exasperation. He feels like they don't care, but I assure you, Chris, they do care. They do care. That's just a blanket sort of, I'm desperate, I'll just allege that baseball doesn't care. I think baseball cares. The question is, what are they going to do about it, and how do they make it right? He was asked a follow-up question about should there be a universal substance that a pitcher can use for grip? better grip. And he said, we've suggested it for a million. It's been well, talked about ad nauseum. And the thing is, which in, what's interesting from his perspective is he's not struggling. If you look at the pitchers who have flourished yeah. since the ban, you know, they're checking the belts and stuff last out, year. Yeah. He's among the best. Well, he's got a two eighty ERA since then, so it would be in his best interest to kind of shut up. Well, but he's, but he's not doing so. No, he's looking it out for the good of the game and for the contenders, right? The people, you know, getting hit. I mean, that's that's a problem. But but I, w- I would I would say this: a lot of the pitchers that struggled mightily when they put the ban on the substances and it changed the game. There were more balls put in play. There was more action. The things that they needed baseball to have happen did happen last year, and the, the sport got more interesting. It, they'll have to sustain that over a long period of time to draw more people back. But my what I was going to say was that the guys that struggled turned it around. They figured it out. Garrett Cole had four straight starts where he looked like a below-average pitcher. By the end of the year, he was the best pitcher in baseball. Correct, but he's got issues again this year. He's got a 5 ERA since that. Currently, but you look at what he did his last 10 starts after all of that. He was electrifying still. He just wasn't godlike. Right, because he was clearly cheating worse than anybody else in the sport. Well, I don't know if it was worse. I think he he has better stuff, so this is the same thing. Barry Boss took steroids. He wasn't taking more steroids than anybody else. He's just a better player. So then all of a sudden, like, you know, you take that level of skill and then you add to it, and his skill level is going to go to here, where if you're marginal and you do it, you're going to go to here. I, I do think if you're just talking about the baseballs themselves, now that is a problem. Like, you can argue about what substances should and should not be used and all of that. Like, but if the baseballs are fundamentally different, like on a Tuesday than I'm playing with on a Wednesday. He says inning to inning. That's well, his Well, I mean. I'd like to see something done, studied, if that's true. Because if that's true, that is absurd. They're already more it's dead. Absurd. They're already more dead again this year. Last year, apparently, there was a mix. There's a great article. It's really dense, so I'll keep it short. But there's a great article in the Athletic this week about last year's problem. They had baseballs from two different seasons in circulation at the same Why? time that were very different in how they were compromised. This year, they're all the 2021 version, which is a deader baseball. So this year, in short, how does it apply to your Braves or your Pirates or Phillies or whoever? If you hit 35 home runs, you're for real this year. Uh, about four years ago, you needed to hit 45 home runs to, to be, be for real. real. <laughs> yeah. it, it's only about 35 this year is going to do the trick. The home runs are going to be way down. You're talking about a couple few percentage points of distance on the same yeah. barrel rate, which they can measure now. That's huge. That makes all the difference in the world. It'll be as if we're watching baseball in 1986, where Daryl Strawberry hits 37 home runs to lead the majors, and you're like, holy moly, that's a lot of home runs. Willie Stargell would have a 30-home run season, and I'd be like, look at that masher. Since that time, there have been guys hit 30 in the first half. Of course, summer's going to help. Even temperature- people like Brady Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> temperature always helps. But if you hit you know, 35, 38 yeah. home runs this year, you're doing some things. You're also doing some things to the good if you call my friends Chad and Shannon, legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. You can give a call today to get your home loan, cut through the garbage, cut through the nonsense, call yourself some fellow Knowles and get it done. 844-FSU-LOAN, or you can find them online, fsuhomeloans.com. Five-star mortgage experience. It's a different kind of experience, right? 
a much more pleasurable experience. These guys will provide that for you. They've also partnered with us here on the Jeff Cameron Show. We're thankful for that. It's a good team. Good team. Give them a call today. Let's get that home loan rolling. 844-FSU-LOAN, FSUHomeLoans.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great record. So uh, moving moving forward here, a quick note is it uh, is getting hotter and hotter outside, and uh, soon soon you're going to be wearing less clothes. We should all celebrate that. Unless you're fat, then you don't want to celebrate wearing less. But you can avoid that fate. Take it on over to Orange Theory Fitness. First class is always free. First month is free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor. Their game was already scientific, scientifically backed at Orange Theory, but now new workouts, integrating new and exciting, I might add, ways to stay in shape. Uh, so it's always something different at Orange Theory Fitness. You don't get bored. Always something new. It's a good thing. If you uh, don't believe me, don't take my word for it, although you should. Go over there. Like I said, that first class is free. You get in there and find out what they're all about. I think you'll find you'll enjoy the camaraderie and the workout itself and the resulting moral life you feel when you walk out of that building. Two locations in Tallahassee. One of them is Midtown. The other is on the north side over there by Fresh Market. Uh, Go check them out. Enjoy it. It's a great workout. Orange Theory Fitness. And you can wear tank tops and stuff. Not that I would. <laughs> Do you ever wear a tank top? The 80s. In the 80s, everybody wore a tank top. Do you ever wear the wife beater in the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, but I didn't wear them uh, like as a... You didn't go out to get yeah, a happy hour drinks no, going on? No, it wasn't no. like that. You'd wear them underneath a shirt. Like There was a time where everybody wore an undershirt underneath the shirt. Now, some people still do, but it was a thing where everybody did at all times. Oh, yeah. yeah. My college years were like that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, not, not for me, buddy. You ready for this hoity-toity? This is the transformation from high school into the future. But uh, I would match up the uh, the polo logo with the undershirt. 
So the polo would be, say, green and white. The white being the polo, and then it's the white undershirt. Oh, yeah. it's like the modern day effort to match shoes with shirts and mm-hmm. hats and belts. Or like uh, Digger Phelps with the uh, pin, yeah. glow, the highlighter. The highlighter to match the tie. That was it. If you're going to have a shtick the way that he had a shtick, then that's a, not a bad shtick. You know, I've got me a pink bow tie on today. Look at my pink highlighter to go along with my handkerchief. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Uh, <laughs> Is it handkerchief? I say handkerchief only to be annoying. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like ordinarily. Well, no, I say ordinarily because it's part of the show lore. We know it's ordinarily. Ordinarily, like I wear a handkerchief. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I forgot yeah. mine today. Um, no, I did not, Ryan. I was, however, very guilty of uh, rolling my jeans. We did do the rolling of the jeans. Did you ever wear the Jinko jeans like he was talking about? What are those? I don't even know what those are. The massive ones. They're like the cuff is huge. And no, they would be, no, I never wore those. Never wore <laughs> they'd those. be like halfway down your shin. Oh, my goodness. No, I. somebody sent me a picture. Uh, off. I was, off of, uh, I was at an apartment complex off of St. Augustine. Um, it, this is from 1992. I had never seen this picture. I was at a party there. And... Uh, I don't know what I was doing. I had the rolled up jeans with a ridiculous belt that I don't know. I guess they were in fashion then, or at least I thought they were, uh, to go in with a tucked in like t-shirt, like a beer shirt. It was a, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, everything about the outfit is awful and I'm smoking a camel mm. standing on a porch Drinking a beer, smoking a camel with rolled... It, everything about it was awful. How many years did you smoke cigarettes? Oh, I didn't. Only when I was drunk. Oh. Yeah, I was that annoying guy. Who bummed one? Who bummed cigarettes yeah, yeah. when he was drunk. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a crazy thing to have done. No, it's just nuts. Like, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but, but I did. I'll give you a dollar. Oh, no, yeah. And and I always liked the, the real smoker, the guy who actually bought cigarettes, would look at you and be like, you know, give me a dollar. Go to hell, man buy your own pack of cigarettes why don't you do that because every weekend you're here drinking and borrowing my cigarettes just buy me a pack you know just do that okay there's no coming back from that if you were that guy you know you're like yeah it's true so do you have to wear that like that every once in a while somebody check you oh yeah good buddies yeah, yeah I, I i got to where i'd walk through the door and throw it off their face like, shut the hell up i believe that yeah <laughs> that's honest that's an honest moment right there yeah and it was fun it was you know sort of like a okay there you go. Get you some of that. And they would laugh. They'd be like, all right. And they'd laugh. They know it was all, it was a good gesture. Occasionally, if I was really feeling it, say my mom sent me 20 bucks in the mail, I'd be like, here's two. Look at that. Don't want to hear anything out of you. Yeah. If I say, hey, I want you, shut up and hand me a <laughs> Yeah, that's, those are audio tapes that are captured. That's, that's not fictional. Yeah, it did not pop my collar. Did not pop my collar. Uh, I did, only on the course, though. Just protect the neck. Yeah. I don't know. Never popped the collar. I, maybe in the mid-80s. Oh, I will tell you this. In the mid-80s, I did wear suspenders. You did? Well, it was very popular. <laughs> Ryan will remember Where this. Where is that photo? Oh, there's. I think it's one of my yearbook photos from like 85 or 84 or from middle school, maybe. It, middle school. Bay Point Middle School. I, I will find it. I will take a picture. We can post it. It would be funny. I, uh, it's like 1983, 84. I think I had a pair of blue suspenders to go with a blue and white shirt. and a, It was a Coca-Cola shirt. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I might as well be Was a it girl. New Coke? No, I don't think no. so. It was just the old Coke. Coca-Cola very briefly had a little window of time where they had a run in the uh, the clothing arena. People bought 
Coca-Cola, like, yeah, so like do, rugby shirts. Yeah, soda shirts in general. Like Sprite had them, Mountain oh, Dew. Oh, I didn't know that Sprite did. Oh, yeah. Did you ever wear the jackets with the rolled up sleeves? You mean like members only? London no. Fog? No. You ever no. have you a London like Fog? Like Miami Vice. Buddy? Like Miami oh, Vice. Oh, absolutely. The real white summertime pink or baby blue. Oh, I was yeah. Don Johnson for about two years. Long in the back. We'll party on top. I was doing some things. Right, the jacket, and you had, had the, the button down. Oh, yeah. buddy, I had a baby blue pair of pants that matched the baby blue jacket with the white T-shirt underneath with the white handkerchief to go with the baby blues and white slip-ons. Slip-ons? The little slip-ons, slip the little white slip-ons to go with the white handkerchief and the white undershirt oh, with like the, the baby boat blue shoe jacket. Style? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was tight. It looked good. Yeah. Loved them. You've got your outfit for next year's golf tournament. <laughs> I actually, of all the things that went away that you think, like, if that came back, that wouldn't be so bad. That South Florida jacket-shirt combo wasn't so bad. Had a lot of vibrance, a lot of life to it, and it wasn't hot, and you could look good even in the heat. Most of the time, you're, you're hampered. Like, you can look really good in the north when it's cold because you can wear heavy jackets and look sharp with a vest and so many other things. Now, it's annoying as hell. Because you got it takes fifteen minutes to go anywhere, and it's awful. But you can look really good. It's hard to look good in the South because it's hot as Hades. So what are you gonna do? I can't be putting on five different layers of things to look good because it's ninety-seven and humid. It was co-opted by the hipsters, which is I, I, I'm like a collaboration of like nine different things in terms of style. Mm. But I didn't like that it was co-opted by the hipsters. But the uh, the vest, I've always thought the vest, vest looks great. Oh, vest with jeans look good. What's well, like your boy on the uh, uh, we know. With a few things because we've seen many things or whatever that uh, state is it farmers insurance or whatever it is the bald guy that was in oh. the kick-ass movie Whiplash yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. J.K. Simmons we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two whatever mm-hmm. that he wears the what vest a character of- in that movie oh, it's too a great movie but he wears that vest yep on the regular with the jeans you're like that's a good look it for is, you it's just in general a good look yeah, very classy typically typically a good look okay so somebody asked this question and again I get. I get it. You're desperate. You want to know uh, what players could Florida State bring in in the transfer portal to improve depth and overall talent on the roster? Well, we we don't know. We know position by position. And and I would say this. I would say this in all seriousness. I thought Ira did a a great job of illuminating that on Warchant.com. You can go, like, you, you and I might disagree with the players that we would like to see exit the program and areas of concentration but when you look at that article one of the reasons i like it is that you can go position group by position group and not only see the total numbers but it allows you to kind of vet that group on the whole got it in and uh and take a look and say hey you know as a segment group we might have too many players here we might have too many guys none of whom i want to get rid of and then other groups were like, we have too few guys, and the few we have suck. So you can, you know, that's the oddity of that exercise when you go through it. You're like, eh, there are more than seven or eight reasonably decent players of this segment group. Do we need seven or eight of this segment group? Well, if the answer is defensive line, the answer is yes. If the answer is running back, eh, you don't need seven or eight. You don't need six or seven. You know, so like you kind of start looking at that and having the debate where i get sad when we do this when we go through the roster and 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 seek to answer that question for those curious on the chat there where i get depressed is 
the numbers aren't bad at wide receiver. The players are. They just haven't pro, you know, progressed to a place where you feel comfortable. So, like, we were asked, and we've been asked several times over, who would, who, I guess, who would you seek to take it on down the road? Who would you tell them, hey, uh, you need to look elsewhere? If you look at the scholarship count, you look at who we're going to be bringing in, all those things. Well, sometimes you have to say a name where people will re- recoil a little bit because they'll say, hey, that's a good kid. He's worked hard, and you know maybe this is the year. A perfect example, I think, is at wide receiver. You really need Keyshawn Hilton? I mean, if we're being honest, can we have that conversation? Does Keyshawn Hilton need to be here? He's a redshirt senior. Tom. I think we could tell Keyshawn Helton it's been real. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I might feel that way about too many of those guys in that group, unfortunately. And it's just that does speak to where we're at. It's kind of like. Yeah, Keyshawn has been pushed so far down because now Pokey's not an outside receiver. I mean, he could line up outside, but he's your second or your third. Pokey Wilson. Yeah. Now McLean, actually, he could be your fourth if McLean continues to develop, and I'm not, I'm not giving up on him just yet. Malik McLean, um, he didn't take a huge leap forward, but he's he didn't he's take a any solid player. In the spring, but okay, I think he's a solid player. So if he's your, you know, let's just say he's your three and Pokey's your four, and you've got Pittman, right? Whenever he comes back, we'll see. But then Johnny, right? What you, a you mix all those guys. What a screwing. I know, I know. And I, I hate it for the kid. He, he you know, he didn't want that. Of him course. more than anybody else, right? Yeah. But. Damn it! But you have that mix between two and four, so let, let me stop categorizing. You say Pittman's one. Winston will put on the shelf for now because we don't know what his status is going to be. I don't think he's going to play this year. Then you've got Johnny, McLean, and Pokey in no particular order. No order whatsoever. But that adds up to your two and your three. Where's Helton in that equation? He's yeah. not returning punts. No. Because that's Pittman's job. He's not returning kicks. He's not fast enough. But he's a kid and a classic example of somebody that you, A... You certainly can't disparage because he's worked incredibly hard to come back and he's never been a kid that was a problem in the locker room or the segment group. He's always given everything he had. He was one of the good ones in Willie's locker room, which was a mess. Yeah, and so he's a guy that you root for, but he's just not he's part of the problem. He's not not good enough. And and I and I like him a lot. And And if he wasn't injured, perhaps his maybe, career would maybe. be you know he was an explosive player. He was trending towards being one of our only explosive players. Yeah. The thing is, um, there are kids that you just simply can't run off, even if you want to. So if you thought to yourself, well, we've got 11 players on scholarship at wide receiver, that seems like too many, especially since five of them really can't play. Um, I'd even put, as I've said a lot this camp, Kentron ahead of Keyshawn. Yeah, Portier, well, yeah. especially if Tate Rodemaker's playing quarterback. Yes. But, yes. But, 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 but what I would tell you is, like, that's a guy that if you ran off, you'd lose some members of this team you'd lose some guys that you're counting on because they'd be like, you ran him off? No, you don't run him off. Well, you put up with that guy, that guy, and that guy, but you're going to run him off? Don't, don't do that. You don't necessarily have to. I mean, you could just tell them, here's the deal. You're not going to play very much, and you've got one more crack at this. But, do you want to play? Yeah. Right. And then wait but, for the answer. And if the answer is I do, you're done. You're stuck. If, if he says I want to play, yeah. then you're saying, well, 
you're not here, so well, what's, nobody, what's nobody, it going to be? I, I'll continue to come to work every day and go to class. Okay, well, that's it. That's the end of the discussion. I can't run you off. and I, You're not saying that to them. I'm just saying this right, out loud. Right, you can't yeah. run those guys off. No. That's a good guy. He's done everything right. He's he's trying his damnedest. He's just not good enough, so you've got to bear with the fact that he's going to be here. And he'll make a couple of big catches this season. He just won't be somebody that you can count in week in and week out, and he's not going to be on another website or radio show scouting report. Like, who do we need to key on today? Right. It's not going to be Helton. Like when you get to a certain place, I mean, I dare say if you're like a red shirt sophomore, so you've been here three years, and I don't think I can see you starting at any point in Florida State in your time at Florida State, and you've been here three years. Those are the guys that you circle, and you're like, okay, uh, let's see if we can get him on out the door here. Let's see what we can do there. There's some eligible candidates in that defensive line room there, and a couple of others where you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. You're never going to play. By the end of spring camp, a lot of it became apparent, and some of those names are already in the portal. Some of them. Yeah. We'll see what happens. A few more probably this week. Yeah. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chance TV. Great to be with you. Great to be this close to the draft tomorrow at uh, Bumpa's Local 349. That's where we're going to mosey on over. Again, not a staff event, not a not a big paid event or anything like that. It is going to be uh, us hanging out, enjoying some frosty cold ones and great food at Bumpa's Local 349 as always. And uh, a lot of televisions and good company, and so it is that we'll take in the draft tomorrow evening. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're looking to see what the Bucks do, kind of excited to see the top of the draft the movement that we think is going to happen. Last year was a good event, too. Really enjoyed it because we took over that long table that they have mm-hmm. at Bumpa's, and mm-hmm. there was just maybe people I know from four different walks of life, all that table. That's the cool thing about Tallahassee is, you know, everybody kind of knows each other, and it's strange when you see two people from different worlds that you have just kind of talking. You're like, how do you know them? I've known him for 30 years. Oh, like, oh, my God. Yeah, there you go. This town. North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probably? Boom, 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 all right, Mets Cardinals, they're in the fourth inning where it is tied at four. Nobody pitching out here today. Carlos Carrasco started for the Mets. Apparently he did terribly. And Steven Matz started for the Cardinals. That's predictable. Royals, White Sox, 2 to nothing. White Sox in the third. That's a Zach Grinky, Dylan Cease production. Dodgers D-back set to start about 40 minutes. Julio Urias and Zach Gallant. Brewers have never lost to the Pirates, not once in their history. Or so it seems to me. Forlorn Pirates fan. Uh, okay, we'll see. Maybe today. Maybe today, guys. Aaron Ashby starts for the Brewers. Dylan Peters for the Pirates. 
Dylan Peters of the 3-0-0-0-0 ERA family. Okay. Padres, Reds, Mackenzie Gore, and Vladimir Gutierrez. Mariners, Rays, great series. Fun series to watch. That's Those two good teams. Two good teams. Marco Gonzalez and Drew Rasmussen. Rockies, Phillies. Ryan Feltner getting his first start on the season. Ranger Suarez will go for the Phillies. Marlins, Nats. Pablo Lopez, Eric Peter. By the way, Pablo Lopez is of the 2-0-0-5-2 Lopez family. Okay. Right. Orioles, Yankees, Tyler Wells, Jordan Montgomery. I would assume a Yankees win, but as we recall, when the Yankees went to Baltimore, they lost the series to the Orioles. <laughs> Red Sox, Blue Jays, Michael Waka, Ross Stripling. Cubs, Braves, Mark Leiter, Jr., Charlie Morton. Morton! Tigers, Twins, Michael Pineda, Joe Ryan. We've got Astros, Rangers, Christian Javier, Glenn Otto. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Glenn Otto. I'm Glenn Otto. Guardians, Angels, Zach Plezak, Shohei Itani. A's, Giants, Paul Blackburn, and Sam Long. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. saying or about to say? I was going to ask, has Otani gotten it together? Yeah, he pitched well his last outing. Okay. Got a win. He's 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 looking more and more like Otani. He's 1-2 with a 4-4. So he's, he's, he's starting to come back around, getting it together. Uh, does have like 30 strikeouts or something like that. Up there. I was hoping, you know, in this brave new DH world where there already was one in the AL, but uh, you can have the Otani rule where he can start the game and just DH the whole way through. Right, right. The rules are built for him now. I don't want him to stink out of nowhere. No, he's not going to stink. He's been a little unlucky. His whip still sits at one, which is not bad at oh, all. Is that right? Yeah, he's just been a little unlucky. He's he, he's going to be all right. His last start, he went six, gave up uh, no runs and a singular hit. He also struck out twelve. Oh man! In six innings, <laughs> yeah. There are eighteen outs to get. Twelve of them are so via the strikeout. So my man was not great. His first two starts of the year, and then he said, "Get you a little something." Gives you a little something right here. And um, so that means, okay, all right, come on. going to be all right. I root for that guy. I love him. Just wish it was on a better franchise. They've actually got some good young players there. There's no they reason do. they have to suck in perpetuity. There's another owner that's just weird. He's trying, though. He'll pay for players. He will. Unlike mine. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. You guys have a great evening, and we will talk to you tomorrow on Draft Day.